What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 46. 46. The Doctrines of Rad podcast. We are excited to be here. We're live streaming on X and on YouTube. If you're confused about what X is, that's Twitter's new name. Um, we are with uh, a special guest tonight, an author and pastor, Mr. Mr. Pastor Andrew Isker. Uh, boy, I, I feel like I could have rhymed that one a little bit better, but I didn't. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we're going to start off. I know I missed it. I missed it. It's all right. That's, that's par for the course here. Um, Logan, go ahead and open us up with our, uh, Bible verse and we'll get going. Yeah. So, uh, first John two, chapter two verses 15 through, uh, 17. Uh, so do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's from the ESV. Amen. All right. Well, perfect setting, perfect tone for uh, conversation tonight. Andrew, you have uh, you've written a book recently, uh, just released also, very recently, um, I'd love to talk about how well it's been doing. I assume it's doing good, but I, I kind of in an echo chamber on X, so I think everybody I know has your book, but I don't know if it's doing well. It's called The Boniface Option by Andrew Isker, who is our guest tonight. Why don't you uh, give, give us a who – is, who is Boniface? You know, what is, what's the deal? Why is, this a, why is this a weird named book? Yeah, I mean um... – St. <laughs> Boniface uh, it was a, a missionary uh, to uh, Germania, to um, you know, the German territory, the pagan German territory across the Rhine in uh, the late 8th century. And uh, he you know, is famous for being the, the missionary to the Germans, the, ones, the, the missionary that brought uh, the gospel to the pagan German people. And uh, the famous, you know, story, the you know, at least legend uh, that that goes along with him is that he, when he went to Germany, he uh, went to their sacred shrine, the Oak of Thor, and uh, told told the people there that, and these people believed that um, if you touched it, Thor would hit you with a bolt of lightning and kill you. And he told them not only would he touch the tree, but he would cut it down the next time at that time tomorrow. And so he comes and he, he swings his ax and, uh, a, a wind comes from the heavens and knocks the tree over, right? That's the, uh, the legendary story that goes with, with St. Boniface. And, uh, yeah, I remember reading that when I was in college, you know, almost 20 years ago, uh, in an issue of uh, Table Talk magazine, um, you know, by R.C. Sproul and Ligonier, and hearing, you know, reading that story for the first time, and I'm like, "Wow, why have I never heard of this story before? This is amazing!" Uh, and, and of course, I'm because you're not Catholic. Yes, you know, <laughs> I, I know, I know, but it was in it was in Table Talk, it was Ligonier, you know, it was like, "Wow, this is great." Um, and, and so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, from the moment on, I was like, this is, this is really cool. Um, and it, I mean, it had a special, you know, place for me because I, you know, I'm, I'm from that part of Germany. My, my paternal heritage is, is from there. And those are, are my 
ancestors that he converted. Uh, so it was Man. it was really an amazing uh, an amazing story. And yeah, after he after he chopped, I left out the best part of the story. You know, after he chops down the tree, uh, everybody who witnessed it, you know, hundreds of people came to watch him get fried. Uh, they all were baptized that day and became Christians. Wow. And there he began the evangelization of Germany. And so, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, I mean, with this book, I remember, you know, it always kind of starts uh, with Roger Ears, uh Benedict option. That's where the, the name you know, really comes from. And actually he, he, he read uh, and didn't like it, which is even better. I saw uh, that. <laughs> we got to talk about that too. That's a very yeah, interesting we will. Uh, piece. We will. We will for sure. And uh, yeah, he, he did not like the book and, you know, I actually, I, I, I mostly liked his book. I didn't, you know, I wasn't really knocking it too much, but the, the thing about his book that I felt was so lacking is it was very non-confrontational. It was, you know, really the ethos of his book was, Hey, things are really bad. So we were in this post-Christian world. So we should retreat to, you know, intentional communities and I'm like, okay, great, cool. That's great. And then what? And there's right. like nothing, you know, just hang out there until it all burns down or something. I don't really know. And, um, and so anyway, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that book and I'm like, well, no, you know, Boniface was a, was a Benedictine monk. He was a monk from the order of St. Benedict. And he realized I need to leave the monastery and go out and go on the offensive. And so to me, it was like, oh, this is this this makes perfect sense. Like we need to pursue the Christian life in in this you know very post Christian world, this apostate world, um, in that same manner, right? We need to you know, pick up the axe and chop down idols and and confront uh, the evils of the world that that we live in. So that's yeah, that's really where it came from. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, and it's so relevant to today too. It's, um, you know, with a lot of conversation around, I know that you co-authored a book with, um, Andrew Torba on Christian mm -hmm. nationalism, which really, I mean, is, it kind of goes hand in hand with a, a lot of what you are saying when it comes to taking this world over for Christ, like really genuinely, uh, fulfilling the great commission, going into all the nations, teaching them to be obedient to the words of Christ, to his standards and statutes. And, uh, and I think part of that is chopping down these idols, you know, not being afraid to, to stand up and, and to say to the town, Hey, uh, not only is your demon God, not real, uh, and not powerful, but my God is, and, and he, he actually is going to show you and, and demonstrate that. And so, um, what, what has been the, obviously with, with Dreyer's, he's got kind of a weird reception of your book. It's kind of surprising. I don't know if that hurts your feelings or made you feel like, uh, like what the heck dude, like I, you know, it was kind of like an homage to you and all of this. And then you, know, you kind of just kind of took a little, little bit of a dump on my book. What is, uh, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Um, no, on the contrary, it does not hurt my feelings at all. Um, well, just, good. just because like rear, uh, Dreer is, uh, Dreyer. I didn't even know how to correctly pronounce his name. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh, he's, he's, a he's a weird guy, man. Like he's, he is, he is really, really strange. And I mean, it, it's, I mean, in that review, he, 
he's like, I, I read this short book and I can't, I can't, he tells us all about the stuff that we should hate, but doesn't talk about the things we should love. And it seems like the, he doesn't have any joy in his household. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of weird, man. Because like, what a bizarre thing to say. Yeah. Especially because like, I, I don't really want to attack his like personal course, life, but I think it's relevant uh, because like he, he doesn't have a household anymore. His, his household blew up. And he left and, and went to Hungary. And so it's like, uh, it seems like a bit of projection, you know, like, oh, I guess Wait, you know, he, you're it, throwing it, stones when you live in a glass house, you know? It blew up? Yeah, like his, uh, I mean, not, not literally. Uh, but, okay. Uh, like <laughs> and then you said, went to Hungary. I was, was like, where is this guy <laughs> living? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, no, like his, his family. Nord Stream you know, pipeline. His, that's right. His family just... Uh, uh, yeah, fell apart as he and his wife got divorced and, and he, he left oh, no. uh, the country. And, wow. and so here he's like attacking my family and household. I'm like, that's strange. Uh, and so anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, contrary to Rod Rear's belief, um, we have a lot of joy in the Isker household. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was projection. I know. I know. Projection for sure. Yeah. And, and, and like, uh, I was, I was kind of flummoxed by that. I'm like, wow, that's weird. Uh, but it, it was, it was a bizarre review. Um, it was like, it, w- one of my friends uh, said to me that like they read the review and they're like, it's like he wanted to like the book, but knew he's not allowed to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of how we read it, like reading the reviews, like, oh, and then he calls, you know, that he, uh, I don't want to give the whole book away, but it's like, uh, and then he then he says that there's a direct line between feminism and transgenderism, and it's like, well, uh, there kind of is, man. Uh, like, that's the point I'm making. Like, why aren't you able to put that together? Uh, and, and let's just like he's like mining it for scare quotes. <laughs> it just wow. it made me laugh. You know, it's hilarious. And it was like I'm I'm feeling a lot of joy right now, Rod, uh, reading your review. Uh, but no, it's it, uh. Um, it was, I w I was very pleasantly, uh, it was, was, I think it was Saturday or Sunday that, that I, that I read it first. And I'm like this, yeah, this made my whole weekend, you know, that he (laughs) read my book and dropped a long review of it and, uh, really didn't like it. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was wild. It was wild seeing that. And, and so I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Rod, for uh, reviewing the book and engaging. I mean, uh, to be fair to him, uh, most people that, like attack books like mine or when they attack the Christian nationalism book or when they attack like Stephen Wolf's Christian nationalism book, um, they didn't even read it. You know, they didn't even engage right. with anything that, that we say in any, any of it. And, and there are people like there's, there was one guy today online who is like, Oh, the story of St. Boniface didn't actually happen. It's a legend. You know, it's, we don't really know if it's really happened or not. And and then like even if that's comments, true that's irrelevant to the point yeah exactly making. yeah and it's like okay but did somebody like in the comments like but did you read the book and right, like well you, no i eat- just kind of skimmed it <laughs> you know? yeah because <laughs> they obviously didn't read it because it's not a it's not uh it's not an autobiography yeah. you know it's not a no, I know. it's not a telling of boniface's uh travels and his experience it literally is yeah. just it's this this the spirit of boniface i mean that's really it's what true myth is. It's true right. myth. Like my friend Brandon Meeks, you know, wrote on, on, on Twitter on X uh, today that uh, that it's it's, um, you know, I, I think he, he referenced C.S. Lewis and talked about like that 
whether the events in question actually happened or not uh, is, right. is not relevant uh, to the fact of what the story means. Uh, right. So the meaning of the story means more whether it's true or not, whether it's just a legend or if it's if it really did happen in reality or in some in some or parts of it happened. Right. Uh, so I just I think you, you get some of these bizarre things where it's like they really don't want to engage with what I have to say. And um, like I, I think I maybe have like four or five pages on the story of St. Boniface and it's like a 180 page book. And so yeah. I, I got a lot of they, other stuff to say in the book than that. Yeah, there, there's no way he's a fake person, right? They don't make fake oh, yeah. saints. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And no, he, he still, really existed. There, yeah, there's still dioceses that exist today that he like helped start. Yeah, yeah, and fold yeah. A, a Germany. Like it's and there's yeah. several buried. more saints. Go to, yeah. There'd be no Martin Luther. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Kidding. It's like I don't know if I that's know, a, just, a connection, but I mean, the, I mean, it kind of is, but yeah, kind of. So, okay, so him living a monastic lifestyle leaves to become a missionary. But most people at the time were going into the monastery to be pious. So he was actually reversing everything he just did. Um, right? Because that, that yeah, was I mean, the goal was to, yeah. if to be a monk meant you were more pious than all the other believers or teachers around you. Yeah. And that, I mean, especially within like medieval Christianity it was it was their job to be you know to be the ver the extremely faithful people for everybody else that couldn't right that was the function right. of the monastery and yeah. i mean and he he was also i mean he was very talented and well thought of and he was going to be made the abbot of his monastery he was going to lead the monastery and it's a very um you know, prestigious and somewhat cushy position even even in the middle ages and he said no I'm going to go be a missionary. I'll probably get killed. He actually did get killed. Um, he was martyred at, at he was martyred in age. seven, seven fifty four, Right. Yeah. Some, yeah. Seven, yeah. Some, I think so. I can't remember the exact date off the top Circa of my head. Yeah, 700s. Was, <laughs> yeah. Sometime in the 700s. And, and I mean, he was martyred by a band of, uh, of Frisian raiders. And like, that's the people that my, my paternal lineage comes from is the people that actually martyred him. And wow. that because of his efforts, like they were eventually converted and full circle and, here yeah, you are right yeah. on it. I know, I know. And, 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 and so anyway, it's like, yeah, he, um, and, and, and there is, and there was a lot of missionary activity occurring at this time. I mean, part of it, I mean, some of it, I mean, we could go back to the Christian nationalism stuff, but like, some a lot of it is, uh, you know, church and state were not these separately hermetically sealed things in the Middle Ages, obviously, and because the uh, Frankish Empire was expanding, they they were they were pushing eastwards. They wanted to Christianize the the pagans on their borders, um, and so the the Frankish kings like Charlemagne and his sons uh, helped fund these efforts. Um, so these were, it, it, I mean, they they kind of went hand in hand. And so, I mean, you have, you have that theme as well, that, that, you know, here you have Kings supporting the church and supporting the evangelization of, mm -hmm. of these non-Christian peoples uh, near them. And yeah, it, there was, there was quite a bit of missionary activity in, in this time. We kind of only think, you know, when we think about missionary activity, we think of like, you know, Hudson Taylor um, or, or people in you know, the 19th century going to the, you know, to the far East or to India or, or, or wherever. Um, but even during the, the Middle Ages, there was 
I mean, Chris had never did like happen out of nowhere. It wasn't just like it was spontaneous. And just all of a sudden here are all these European peoples that are Christians. Now like men had to go there and uh, share the gospel and even be killed uh, for the sake of the gospel uh, for all of these peoples to be converted and for, you know, really all of our ancestors to, to come to Christ. Uh, so it is very you know meaningful, especially like, yeah, if you, when you learn and study church history, stuff that kind of, you know, growing up, even, even with, you know, within evangelicalism kind of is withheld from us. It's kind of a, a, a blank spot uh, for a lot of us where it's like, Oh, you have the early church and then a uh, bunch of nothing. Aisle, and then the reformation, you know, it's like, Oh, just this, we don't really know what happened in the intervening period. Uh, but it, there's so much, there's so much, uh, for us to, to, to glean from and to know, and to know our, our history and our heritage that, uh, yeah, it's, it's really a shame. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I really, I like, I like that you talk about our heritage cause you know, there's a lot of conversation today, uh, around heritage, around, uh, cultural upbringings and backgrounds and all of this. And it's like, I think people really fail to realize that in our culture, especially in America, we come from a very rich Christian heritage. I mean, just getting, Mm -hmm. just founding this country, just getting to where we're at. What do you think has caused us to forget that? Why, why does it, why is it so hard for us to, to hold on to those, those things and, uh, your, your face makes it look like you have something ready to go to say. I can't wait to hear what you guys say. <laughs> tell me, tell uh, me if I'm well, wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, Andrew. So neutrality, yeah, go, right? Go we allowed pluralism to exist in yeah. this country. It used to be a crime for you to blaspheme yeah. the God of the Bible. You would go to yeah. jail. Yeah. And then it was and like, not well, that long I don't ago. believe in your yeah. God. Yeah. 19, like yeah. the end, like the 1890s. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, well, I don't believe in your God. Oh, well, I guess we can't throw you in jail for something you don't believe in. Absolutely not. Yeah. That was not yeah. the standard yeah. that we had. Yeah. It's, and it's like, I mean, they're bringing like blasphemy laws uh, to Western Europe today, but only for the prophet Muhammad. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, you, you can't yeah, <laughs> you go to jail for that. Uh, if you go to England and say bad things about uh, Muhammad, uh, you can say whatever you want about Jesus, but not... Uh, you can't offend Muslims. Um, right. But no, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it, we, there was, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of people like to look at it like it's just the inexorable process of history and it just randomly happened and, and no one was at the wheel when it happened. And I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's rubbish. I think that um, so much of it is by designs. There, there are people that, that uh, are anti-Christian, that that hate Jesus, and they had political power. And throughout the the 20th century, especially, you've, you've seen this you know pluralistic secularism take over. And and like it, it wasn't like the you know all these laws being repealed and so forth. You know whether it's blasphemy laws or whether it's you know decency laws, uh, laws prohibiting pornography. Um, you know, laws um, regarding divorce, all of this stuff, like, like there were actually people that pushed for these laws to be repealed. It wasn't just like that people woke up one day and said, Oh, we should just not have that anymore. Um, So there were, there were, there was a, a political um, and cultural force driving this stuff. I mean, some of it is just the, the, the revolutions uh, politically that have happened since really 1789. And you, you have, uh, you have this leftward push, this very egalitarian uh, 
you know, progressive push to to destroy the church, to destroy Christianity, destroy Christian influence uh, in in not just American society, but really all all Christian societies everywhere. And um, and and so I, I I think that's that's the reason why on the one hand, and on the other hand, uh, within the church, within um, among believing Christians, there has there we we haven't had any defenses up regarding this stuff at all. We just think, um, we, we, we just, we just assume secularism. We should assume that this is normal in the way that things should be that, Oh, we can't, we can't have a Christian nation because that would be offensive and oppressive to people. We would, we would, uh, how we would be loving our neighbor if we did that. Uh, I mean, it would, it would be offensive and oppressing to their sin. Like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And it, this it, it, is for like, your, this is yeah. for your benefit that we say don't do these things because God oh, says I know. it's for your benefit. <laughs> and it is, it is, and it isn't so much like, oh, you want laws to punish sin, and it's you're gonna make every sin a crime. And it's like that's not how how Christians governed their societies. Um, they didn't, right. they didn't make every sin a crime. They made, Mm-mm. they made crimes that God says are crimes. Made crimes, crimes, uh, criminal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's like, being, it, and like it, it, pretty it, simple. Being yeah, a witch, that's you get burned. Like it's those yeah, were don't things. Do that. Like there, don't, there's some don't, there's don't some stains that. on the church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like don't don't do don't do things that God uh, hates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, it's it, and so anyway, it, it's um the things that, that have driven it, I mean, you know, all sorts of various ideologies and, and, and all of that. But I, I think uh, fundamentally a lot of it has been the uh, reticence of the church to be able to fight back in any meaningful sense um, that we fear, we fear conflict. We think that any kind of conflict is not Christ-like. I mean, that's, I mean, you hear that all day long, all over the place. I mean, I, I think I told the story. I, I'm pretty sure I did in the in the uh, conclusion of the book about when when I was in college and in campus ministry. You know, we uh, um, there was a um, a pro-choice, pro-abortion group that had a table in our student union, and 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 all all of my friends we kind of hung out in the same spot in the student union every day between classes, and you just that's where you go hang out. Uh, with your buddies in between class. And so I was in class and I I get out of class and somebody comes to me and says, Hey, did you hear what? Yeah. I won't use his name because you know, now he'll, he'll get canceled. People figure out who it is and, and get him fired from his job. But did you hear what what your friend uh, did? Uh, Like, no, no, I didn't. What what did (laughs) he, what did he, what did he do? Like, well, he went, and he, he has, cause he's, it's, you know, has a certain package for school or whatever. He has unlimited printing, right. Unlimited color printing at down in the library. And he went and he printed off full color pictures of aborted babies and went over to that pro choice table and just dumped them on the table like confetti. And, and that was, you know, I have to say that was so unchristlike of him to do that. Oh, wow. You know, they, you know, they were, that, that really ruined our witness, uh, here for him oh, to just so, to be that so way. So tired of hearing that dude. It's and, and I'm just like, man. I'm just like, can, what, what are you talking yeah, about? So, so Why did you go like with him? Why did you help him? Why did you defend him when they started yelling at him? Uh, 
what do you mean I'm crazy? Do you even know who Jesus is? Right? Have you yeah. ever read the Gospels? What do you think Jesus would do if these people sitting over there saying we need to chop up little babies? Right? What, well, what, I what, think what is going on? One yeah. of the primary things that have happened in our lifetime uh, that really plays into what we're talking about is the um, the Obergefell ruling about uh, federalizing gay marriage. And, yeah. uh, you know, where was the church in the midst of this? I, I mean, this is something that I can very easily remember. And, and honestly, I, I shame on me for not really thinking much about it at the time. I mean, I was probably in my young you know, young to mid twenties when it happened. Um, I can't, you know, looking back now, it's like, boy, if I had, if I had the same mindset that I have right now, and this was being talked about, it would be a lot bigger of an issue. So the church really has dropped the ball. And I think it, it goes back to, I mean, I remember, you know, obviously Roe v. Wade is, is, you know, part of it. I, how long ago was the scopes monkey trial? Wasn't that a big thing when it came to evolution too? Like that was a big 1923, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that wasn't like super, super long ago, you know, hundred within the last hundred years. That's a hundred years. years. So. <laughs> that's a hundred years ago. That's a century. Now. Yeah. Right. So like it, that, I think that's the point that you're making though, Andrew, is that like Christians in general have been, we've, we've been bench players. We've been sitting on the bench yeah. on the sidelines for far too long, allowing secularism to dominate to the point now where we're waking up and frustrated because here we are. And it's like, what can we do? It's like, boy, if we would have done something just a few years ago, you know? Yeah. We should have asked that question like 40 years ago or 50 years ago. And, 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 and but like if, if that question had been asked 40 or 50 years ago, uh, people would say, Oh, well, you just want a theocracy and you just you you hate America and you hate American democracy and you you hate all these things. I mean, there there were people that were were raising these questions 40 or 50 years ago, but they were a, a tiny, slim little minority. And the majority of the church, the majority of the evangelical church that you know that is conservative, believes the Bible, um, for this entire time, I mean, there there have been a few things going on. One, you know, we kind of mentioned it is that it's totally non-confrontational, it's very feminized. It, it doesn't want to fight over anything and it, it certainly doesn't want to engage in anything political. Um, and I mean, you read the Bible, like I've been, I've been preaching th- from judges through second Samuel and like that entire thing is political. It's about who's the King, who's leading the nation. How does he lead the nation? What does he do? Uh, and it's like, how could you not be polit- like Jesus is a King. It's not a non-political office that he holds. Uh, he is the king title. of the universe. So yes. you need to obey him. And it, it's, it, it's, it, it boggles my mind it's this way, but that's, this is, we've been, you know, almost pathologized into this, this mindset of we, we can't ever say anything about politics. We can't ever say anything about culture uh, because that's very judgy. We don't want to be judgmental and we don't want to be offensive. Um, and, and so that's part of it. Um is, so we have a whole We have a lot of things going on there, right? So, I, I think it was like in the '90s, or maybe that's the only time I can remember. So, I, I don't <laughs> go any further back than the '90s. So, um, it's when the world you, began. You, you, yeah. you have people that, like, and my dad used to say this all the time. I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Yeah. Right. It's like I don't go to the gym because that's where all the fat people are. Yeah. That, that's the reason you go <laughs> to the some, gym. There's some fat people at the gym. Yeah. But so so people. So we started trying to seek people more than just preach the gospel. 
you know, and in the process, mm-hmm. it's like, we don't want, we want to be nice. We don't want to judge people. Yeah. Um, that a lot of churches did some bad things where they're like, Oh, you know, kick mm-hmm. the prostitute out versus, you know, giving her a blanket and, you know, yeah. showing her Jesus, right. Being his mm-hmm. hands and feet. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, like we, we failed to do a lot of things or a lot of bad churches failed to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the deconstructionists that I talked to coming are straight out of a like oneness Pentecostal church. And they're like, mm. oh, this is Christianity. Like, no, that was a cult, right? Yeah. So we have to. Yeah. So, so then the church is trying to balance this. Like, we want to reach people, but we also d- want to get rid of the stigma about us. Right? Instead mm-hmm. of just, mm-hmm. hey, here's the information. Deal with it in your own way. Like, yeah, either you're going to accept it and submit to it, or sorry. Like, yeah, they, yeah. those are your two options. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, yeah, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there that in the yeah eighties and nineties, you had the seeker, seeker sensitive movement really take off. Um, and it, it, you know, really dealt with a lot of those things where, yeah, there's a lot of bad churches, a lot of mean people that you've, that, that you've encountered and, and we're not like that. We're nice. Mm. And, and the Jesus in the Bible, he's really nice just like Mr. Rogers, who's a picture of Jesus, you know, holding a lamb and over here is a bunch of little kids and he's so gentle and sweet. It's like, yeah, he, he, he was, he is. That's true. Uh, But he also confronted his enemies and fought with them uh, so much so that they killed him. Uh, And you don't, you didn't ever see that Jesus ever displayed in those churches and the result is you get things like Obergefell. You get you get things like, you know, transing today uh, because yeah. we were terrified to ever confront any of it. I remember, you know, when Obergefell was happening. I remember when in, in my state, uh, Minnesota, was the very first state to uh, – because in the early 2000s, there, I mean, there were Christians. I don't want to say that there weren't Christians that were active politically. Uh, there were a lot. And – one of the things they did was they passed uh, gay marriage bans in all of these states, including like California in 2008. Right. So not that long ago, California was, was actually very, pretty conservative um, to yeah. be able to pass that. And, and yet my state in, I think 2012, um, 2011 or 2012 was the first one where it failed in Minnesota. It barely failed. And um, I remember when that was going on, like I was, I was writing in defense of it and, and writing online and people like Christians, people I went to college with all these people I went to campus ministry with are acting like I'm just this evil, horrible, awful person because right. well, you're, you're judging sinners and you're being, you're not being very Christ-like because you're saying this is wrong and bad. That Jesus yeah. would want gay marriage. Apparently that's, that's the, that's the, the conclusion right. they, they reached apparently. And, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like who are, what what bible are you reading how do you how do you not get this and and i mean some of it is like you look at guys like russell moore you know who talk about how cultural christianity is bad and it leads people to hell and it's like uh, granted it, some people can be nominal christians and not really know jesus in a christian nation for sure but that that's the downside sure but the downside is a million times better than today where where Christianity is being eradicated from all of public life, uh, where yeah. if you hold to what the Bible says about, about homosexuality or anything else, if you just like, like publicly believe it, yeah. you, you'll be depersoned. You'll be, you'll be fired from your job. 
Um, so like, what, what are you, what are you talking about that, that cultural Christianity is bad? Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that whole ethos, that whole ethos of being inoffensive, of being nice and not confronting anything, not, not being you know, bold in any way, just to show you know, if, if we're just really nice to people, they'll want to be Christians too, because they'll see how nice we are. And the nicer we are, the more Christian they'll want to be. Like that's the entire ethos of the seeker movement. That's the yeah. really the ethos of, of American Christianity for the last you know thirty or forty years. But here's the thing: we are supposed to judge, right? Like I'm going to hold Christians to a different standard than I am yeah. for the lost. Like like Paul says, what is it to me what the like non-believer does, right? But for yeah. the for the church, I'm going to kick you out of here and turn you over yeah. to Satan so that your soul yeah. is saved, right? Yeah. And and I think we just. I don't know, like maybe over overdid one, like, oh, for the Christians, we'll show more grace to our brothers and sisters and not hold them to the standard. But for those people that have a different sin than me, we're going to, you know, you're, you burn them at the like stake. Right. So mm-hmm. I, there, there definitely has to be a lot of correction. I think we, we have done that and we fixed it. Now we're, now we need to push back or we will mm-hmm. lose this nation too. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I have a, I have a weird conspiracy and it's going to maybe you Give guys it. will maybe you guys will will feel it with me a little bit. But let's think this one out. So I think that the Westboro Baptist <laughs> Church was a psyop against Christianity. Oh, yeah, because definitely. if you that's a really good like conspiracy yeah. theory, because no, I, think I, about I buy it, like, that 100 percent. Yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe it's less of a conspiracy. So, because like, yeah. I mean, during all of this time that we're talking, even even back to 2008, like I I feel like social media was littered with all of what Westboro Baptist was doing, and then oh, yeah. all of these churches that were uh, throwing their hands up, being like, no, no, we're not, we're not like that, we're not no, like no. that. Those and, mean people, yeah, right. And then like in 2023, why do I feel more leaning towards Westboro Baptist church than I do like <laughs> mid Eva, big Eva churches. Like it, well, it's I, like, well, I at don't least think standing. you actually are. Cause like, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I don't care what anybody thinks. I mean, I, I, yeah. I really don't yeah, yeah, like yeah. if That's what they want to let me in. That's okay. So I would, but, yeah. I would say that we wouldn't need a conspiracy theory for that. Like there, the people grab the Bible and then they just go make their own church without any kind yeah. of authority or any kind of like well, calling and they, and they just misinterpret things. The next thing you know, yeah. they're it. Yeah. So the, I, don't, I don't even think we need Westboro some kind thing, of psyops option. The Westboro thing was, I mean, I, I think it was, or at least it was, I don't know if it's, it's, it's Genesis was like the FBI or, or George Soros or somebody said, Hey, right, right. Fred or, Phelps, or, go do this and make the Christians right. look bad. Um, or just a bad I reader. Think, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, well, one, um, I remember years ago seeing like, it was like a Reddit, ask me anything or something, um, something like that with Fred Phelps's daughter, um, yeah. you know, discussing this and, and she was totally apostate and everything else. Um, and basically explained that it was, it was kind of, uh, it was a big scam. Uh, so like they would go to these places and there would be a riot or there would be some kind of conflict and people would not let them demonstrate or whatever. And so then they would sue that municipality or, or the church or what, whatever, wherever they were protesting, uh, in order to, and, and then they would, you know, have a 
massive settlement and that like financed the whole church was them going to all these places then suing when they had their you know civil rights violated um and so whether it was like an intentional psyop or not what happened is the media which you know ultimately governs the country picked up on this and made and and if it's not a psyop at least made it indistinguishable from one right where they would use that to show, oh, look how evil and bad these Christians are. And so and what what it what it did was it caused all the 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 soft, faint hearted Christians to be like, oh, no, we're not like that. We're so much nicer than those people. Right. And, and God loves you. God is love. Love is love and and so on and so forth. And and that's that's I mean, that really did push it. Absolutely. And so, yeah, whether it was an engineered thing or not, um, the media took it and ran with it that way. And, yeah, and, totally and so, yeah, agree. I remember those days, I remember those days acutely, you know, when I was in college and shortly thereafter where that was the big thing and it was everywhere, everywhere. And it was, you know, you had to deal with that when people talk to you. Oh, so if you believe homosexuality is a sin, you must be, you must like those people. You must think they're, they're right. Like that was always the, the next thing people would say. Yeah. And so I remember that in the context of like the gay marriage bans and things like that, that people would bring those things up all the time. And most people, if they didn't have, and and most Christians didn't at that time have like any cojones. And so they would back down. They'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Cause we were, we were living in, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Aaron Wren and his, you know, three worlds kind of paradigm where you have positive world, neutral world and and negative world. Mm. Uh, But we were living in like neutral world or even some, in some places still positive world where people viewed Christianity and Christians very positively um, or they just, or they were more or less indifferent. And so that's the paradigm where, you know, your Tim Keller's and your um, uh, what's, what's his name in California, Saddleback, uh, Rick Warren, people like that, you know, Chicago, Willow Creek, like those people um, that's, that's where they made their hay is in negative world or in, in, in neutral world where we will just nice everybody into the kingdom of God. That's, that's the strategy. And, and so most of American Christianity took that tack. And so now after Obergefell, after 2015, we are firmly in the grip of negative world. And you see that with like TGC and many of the other evangelical leaders, you know, the, the, you know, so-called uh, Mediva that's kind of, you know, taken off uh, it, yeah. with the void that's after C- TGC has kind of collapsed. Um, yeah. And, and they're still like living in sort of neutral world. Like they don't know how to exist within negative world because they, they don't did know how so to well in neutral world. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like their their yeah. whole paradigm, their whole their their whole philosophy good. of ministry, their whole it, everything is tuned toward neutral world, and so they don't know how to operate in a world where people don't like Christians, where it's it's socially it's low status to be a Christian. It is it is it's you don't have the benefit of uh, uh, of of positive worlds in in your back pocket. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, you, people think you're stupid. They think you're you're yep, not very yeah. bright and. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I mean what you need in negative world is is leadership that confronts the evils of the day boldly and encourages its people to to stand for the faith when they have every reason not to. That's Amen. that's what you need. And I'm I mean, not that's, saying that's I'm putting of... that in my sermon, but I might be putting that in my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's 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 largely what the book, you know, ultimately is about is we live in this in this world that is 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 engineered 
uh, to be destructive, that not even, not even that it wants to eradicate, um, you know, Christianity for sure from, from the world, but it also is, is grinding up and chewing up just the, the, the natural order, the created order that God has made. And so you see this with, with transgenderism, you see this with, with feminism as well. Um, that the way that God built the world, the way, the way he built the world for, for men and women to live together, um, for there to be families and households, um, that, that everyone, every, all peoples everywhere have understood, right. Not just Christians. Right. So if you want to you know, get into like natural theology versus, you know, um, you know, special revelation or, or, or whatever, um, you know, the people that, that focus on like natural law or natural, you know, natural theology, um, you, you look at it and it's like, well, you can see, you can see the, like when Paul is, is, is preaching in the Areopagus in, in Athens and he tells the Greeks like, Hey, you, you know, all about God, you know, all about the world that God made, but you don't know God. And right today you, you can't even do that. Right. You can't go to, you know, the, you know, to the university campus today and say, Hey, you know, all about this world that God has made because they are in a state of denial about that even, right. right? They, they don't know what a man is or a woman is. They don't, um, they don't know just the very basics of human life. They, they don't know when life begins. They don't know any of these things. And they, and, and, right. and they, they actively don't, you know, are, are, are repressing this knowledge, right? They, they don't want to know it. Um, and right. so that, that's a, a challenge in and of itself that, that has to be overcome that you're, you're living in a world that is, is completely fake and it's it's not going to sustain itself. And well, no, 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 no uh, secular world is sustainable. No, right? No, I mean, there, it's the, going to be the reason void we have be filled. The, the reason we have rules and statutes is for our joy and for our sustainment. God puts yeah. things in in place for a reason. Um, I got a question yeah. for you. So, um, and so, so I, if you guys go on YouTube, you can purchase the book. Uh, I think it's about sixteen ninety nine is what I paid for it. It is. Um, yep. It is until Amazon uh, gives it, makes it a discount. I'll, I'll let everybody know if they drop the price. Ever. <laughs> if they drop it the will price, be linked, we will make sure to link it in the, uh, in the subscription for the episode anyway. But in it, but so the title is strategies, right? So you give strategies yeah. for how we should overcome the situation that we're in. Um, I'll be doing a, uh, I guess a live, uh, going on this trans woman's podcast to discuss this issue. Huh. Um, do you give any tips on like how to, so I plan to just be like, yes, you're male, but no, you're still not woman, right? Don't be gay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's my strategy. Um, good luck. Good luck. And I've had very good cordial conversations with this. Uh, yeah. uh, so I, I choose to use his name because it does. I think he, I believe this person, right? And I'm not, uh -huh. I'm not playing a neutral line here. Mm-hmm believe they genuinely struggle with actual uh yeah um um dysphoria. i'm trying to think of the yeah gender, gender dysphoria, dysphoria. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. like it's actually this person is real about this really right? thinks it's not that, like yeah 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 like i actually should be on medication right yeah um mm -hmm. and so uh it, in these conversations we've had dialogue and i've said like these two worldviews are colliding in america right now and they cannot coexist yeah. Right. Christianity cannot coexist with the LGBTQ community. Right. There, yeah. there, there is yeah. no neutrality here. So one no. will have to give. And so what so what are the strategies that we as a church should be doing? And then 
what do you see happening in the future? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is just simply telling the truth um, that that's, that's the first one that we don't do. You know, our, our yes. first impulse is to be like, well, you know, if that's how you feel, then, then we're going to be sweet and kind to you. And, and we're not going to, we're not going to tell you that like you're the actually Acts 29 video that just came out. Yeah. 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 See that yeah. Acts 29 video. That was nuts, dude. Yeah. I didn't, I I didn't see it. it. Was that all over X? Oh it yeah. Was, there, yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, it, super gay stuff, dude. So if Drew yeah, shows, uh, if Drew knows something that I don't know, we haven't talked about it yet. I know he got it from his <laughs> like his melting pot of group thinking X that he's got yeah. going on. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, but I mean that that's that that I mean that that typifies it right there. The the strategy of just like oh we'll just affirm people where they are, meet them where they are, you know. And X twenty nine is. Oh yeah, dude. They're they're yeah. You need to get you need to be on Twitter more, bro, because yeah, there is a lot coming out about Axe 29 being a real it's bad. Real, I mean, uh, my grift. How do you fall yeah. so far so fast? Yeah, man. Well, oh, start they, being gay. They have, yeah, they have. I mean, they, they're they're accommodating. I mean, it's it's just a, a um, it's the same as the secret sensitive movement, it's the same ethos, same operating, you know, uh, procedures, and and it's just updated to current day you know that's that's ultimately what it is and 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 so yeah you i mean as far as strategies just just simply telling the truth just simply saying and and it it doesn't need to be nasty or rancorous because yeah there are there are people that genuinely struggle with these things that that there there are men and women that think they're the opposite sex and in past day like that isn't it isn't necessarily a new thing. That's the thing that like the LGBT movement says, well, there were always people that struggled with this. And it's like, yeah. And we treated them like they were mentally ill in the past. Yep. And so and, were you know, some of you, there's 2000 yeah. year old evidence. So were some yeah. of you. And, and so like, what, what do you, what did, what, what did people do then? I mean, there, there are faithful ways to treat these things. It's, you know, you, you are, you could be kind to someone who's mentally ill and you don't have to be, you know, uh, nasty or mean to them, but you could still tell the truth that no, you, you are not actually a woman. You are a man. You were born a man, and God made you how you are. Yeah. And that's that's reality. And you have to live in reality. You don't want to live in reality, but that's reality. And um, and and so many Christians are afraid to do that. They're afraid to say true things uh, because. Yeah, yeah. We live in an insane world where it's so much easier to just go along with it. It's so much yeah. easier just to say, well, I'll keep my head down and I won't cause too much of a fuss and I'll just, you know, leave it alone. It's not my business. And that that's how we got to where we are today is, and I wanna, is simply not telling the truth. And I want to make it clear, like this individual knows that I'm like, I'm going to call you a him <laughs> and uh, yeah. He's, yeah. Under, he's understanding. Um, yeah. And he's trying to convince me to. Uh, give him to the gender that. that he he's affirming right yeah um yeah. so it is a is a, a a place for us to have conversation i choose to use his name um but i i i just i don't know i maybe i go i'm going into this really hopeful like like this person's post-op okay he's post-op oh man um oh, so man. the redemption piece of that like okay I'm not this. I recognize that mm-hmm. Jesus is where I find my identity. Then what? Mm-hmm. Right. What does that look like? Do you start 
do you continue to dress as a woman? Do you now start dressing as a man that is a eunuch? What, yeah, what I, that's, we, that, yeah, that neutral. I think is, is, is what it has <laughs> to be. Or do we just and, show and grace? Mean, or is that just this the scars is a, of your past and you just show grace? You keep walking around as a woman saying that you're no. a man. And then, yeah, I don't think like, so. Like all the no, features I, of a woman are there. So we cut them yeah. all off and add them back on. That's not a thing. That doesn't happen. So, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, it, it is. Ah, it's so sad. And it's going to be, I mean, this is the thing we're going to have to deal with in the, you know, right. next decade or two is, is people yes. that, that detransition that have had the surgeries and now they're stuck where, you know, really victims of this insane ideology. And like, those are the people, I mean, you see it kind of, you know, with the, the detransitioners and, 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 you know, the, the legal fight and all the, all these kind of things. Some, some of these people that have gone through this and it's, it's agonizing. I mean, so many of them regret it immediately. Um, and they realize that this is, this didn't help me. I don't feel any better. It doesn't, you know, my life isn't any better. And it's, of course it's not going to. Um, and so how does the church, you know, operate in, in that, in that way? It's like, well, yeah, I guess you've, you've made yourself a eunuch and that's, that's what you are. And you need to live, you know, the way God made you going forward. Um, yeah. And it's not easy. And you, yeah, you have to show people a tremendous amount of grace uh, in this way, but, but it's not, I mean, so often we want to pretend that grace means um, lying allowance. to people. We, we, pre- yeah, yeah, we pretend yeah. grace means allowance and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, like grace, Grace means, yeah, you sinned in this way and, and you've, you've suffered the consequences for your sin and we, we will you know, be with you however we can, uh, but yeah, it doesn't take it. those things away, you know? And, and, and so it's, it's, it's tragic and devastating that this happens and it's going to keep happening. And, and, and it's, I mean, the, the best thing that we can do, I think, to confront it is on, on the front end to, to confront it, you know, what they're doing to children. I mean, so much of it is 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 young people that that are being um, fed these lies and yeah. very few Christians want to want to speak the truth about that and fight these things. Because I mean, there's, so there's, much there's a lot more. Into it. There's yeah. the parents, the, the you oh, yeah. know, it, the what the parents are feeling. They're being they're being lied to, being told that, you know, if you don't do this this transition then your your son or daughter is going to kill themselves it's you know very yeah. uh it's a very emotional plea but you know again it goes back to the truth just like what you said andrew it's like but you tell them the truth that this is not going to make them not want to kill themselves they're going to still want to do that in fact statistically they're going to want to do it at a higher rate later on down the road if you let them do this yeah so so the in this interaction with this individual I kept repeating a phrase that I, I believe to be true, that the devil is robbing you of joy, like the joy yeah. that you could be having in your life. You have Absolutely. been robbed yeah. of that. And I've, I, I said it in different positions, in different ways mm-hmm. throughout the entire dialogue. Um, and there was just this one moment where he's like, yeah, I know you said that. But he kind of like internal, you could see that he was internalizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I, it sounds I, I like, know, like there's, there's, there's hope yeah. there for like I, I I'm an optimist. I like to go into things. Yeah, like, you should. You should. I'm just going to save everyone <laughs> or help people get saved somehow. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, your, other, your only other option is to be a cynic and, and to be pessimistic right. always. So yeah. I, That's I think my role. It's good. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've I'm not being cynical yeah. and pessimistic. I mean, I really do try, like I very, I feel very content. I feel a lot of joy in the Lord, but um, I do, I do feel like, you know, I kind of just have this attitude. It's like sinners going to sin, man, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard to, to break out of that because I know like I, I want to be more hopeful in the change of people and not be so negative towards the world, which, which kind of, I want to get back to the book a little bit more. I, we've yeah, kind of yeah. talked about a lot of different things. Um, first of all, Andrew, um, I think I'm looking at the chapters again to remind myself, I, I really think that your <laughs> that chapter five Jezebel was my favorite chapter. Oh, um, okay. Because I think that, too. I think that the, the point that you make about the, this Jezebel spirit. And I think you even use the verse at the beginning of the chapter talking about in revelation, yeah. uh, about yeah. Jezebel. I'm going to get to the, yeah, it says, uh, revelation two 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Now this is an interesting, I, I know, I, I know that you're a post mill guy like me, so I'm, you know, I'm sure that there's some implications here <laughs> nice. on the, on the post mill <laughs> side of things, but can we talk about like, this is, is, is this the church in general? Is this the, a kind of a, a broad sweeping of like the church itself has been allowing this Jezebel type spirit, this, this sexually sensual, promiscuous, provocative spirit to kind of dictate the way that the church worships. Oh, we lost him. Which, which I I believe you argue. (laughs) That was weird. But which you Um, argue in the book is because of feminism, right? That's the beginning of it. Or is the sexual revolution and then second wave feminism, like what, what builds it? It's hard to, it's hard to distinguish, you know, the first wave, second wave and everything. I mean, it's, it's really an entire package, you know, it it just goes through its progression through, (laughs) you know, time. And, and and so I don't, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't try to parse those things out necessarily. Um, It is, I mean, ultimately it is, yeah, this, this sort of feminized way of life. Um, I mean, you see it, I don't know if I referenced it in the, in the book, but there's, you know, the, the online, uh, phrase, you know, the long house is, Oh yeah, you do. You talk about it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I can't remember if I used the term or not. Um, but it's certainly there where I do. Okay, good. All right. I'm glad I did for sure. I'm glad I I didn't know what long house was till like two weeks ago. And then I read it in the book (laughs) and I was like, okay, now I know what that is. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, so I, I use a little bit of internet lingo there and, and people are like, what is this? And yeah. I'm like, well, you can, you can look it up for yourself. Uh, here, here's the link. Um, and so anyway, um, it is this, this, this sort of way of life where it is, is highly attuned to, to feminization. You know, I can bring up Aaron Wren again, where I mean, Wren, I think does a really good job talking about even within the church, within like the complementarian conservative evangelical world, there's this idea of like, you just got to man up, like all the problems, you know, all the intersexual dynamic problems that we have, it's just because men are out there playing video games and watching porn. And that's the reason why everything's bad. And, and if they just would man up, then things would be good. And, 
And it's like, that Sounds is like a Paul really, Washer sermon. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, those things are bad. Uh, sure. Yeah. But it, it, that's not the final, you know, it, it, it's, you're, you're looking at a symptom, not at a cause. And, and what happens if, if man, men do man up and stop doing those things doesn't change the fact of the way the world currently is and the way that right. we, we expect women to be and, and live and act. And so, you know, Ren talks about, yeah, the, within complementarian circles, there's this idea that men should be like this 1950s Ward Cleaver type where he goes and works hard at his job and comes home to his family and everything else. But the inverse is not true that um, it's, it's fine to expect men to, to live that way and hold them to mm-hmm. that standard. But no, no one is going to preach about how women need to be like June Cleaver, who is this, this mm-hmm. dutiful, loving, adoring wife who Trad takes wife. care of her household and, and so forth. Like, like that is absolutely verboten. It's like, no, you need to be a, a, a girl boss and you need to have your career and you don't, you don't have any queen. men telling you what to do or what for, you know, like you're an emancipated, strong woman. And, and like that is not ever touched. And so that's, that's the world that we live in. is 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 that that everything is is you know um is feminized it is uh women are empowered which which just means that women are not held to any expected standard for their behavior and within within that context it doesn't matter how much men man up um there still is that like there's still the 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 milieu that you're in is that that women are are um not responsible for any of their sin and so how do you how do you operate in that world you know like yeah. that that doesn't work um and, and so a lot of it is that a lot of it is i mean you see this with like i mean the famous you know matt chandler uh jesus wants the rose uh clip i don't know if you guys yeah, are familiar with yeah, that. yeah. and and it's like that that kind of just typifies american evangelicalism uh with with regard to feminism where it's like here now what's the rose an african-american six or an Anglo right. nine <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, I mean, it, it's so, it's so comical. I mean, if it wasn't so sad that right. like the entire sermon is, uh, just, <laughs> that's funny. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, like the entire sermon, you know, is like him, uh, justifying, you know, female promiscuity and saying, yeah basically saying to men that, Hey, if, if this gal has a, a long past, you just need to pretend that didn't exist because Jesus wants her. So you should too. And, yeah. and it's like, well, no, like that's, it's still not good. Like there's still massive damage that is, is being done to, to yeah, young women. Why are we damaging the rose? Why is the rose yeah. getting crushed? Why aren't we you, stopping you, standing in and protecting the rose? Yes, from, exactly. From, like from you, the, it is a seed is a bud. Yeah. Let's protect the rose. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, no, like that can't, that, that cannot be, you, you need to, you, you need to protect. And, and, and that's forbidden. You are not allowed yeah. to go there. You're not allowed to talk that way. You're not allowed to, to say, Hey, because that's like purity culture. And that's very, bad. yeah. Purity yeah. Right. Yeah. So Kiss bad. dating goodbye yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I, yeah. so I don't know who, I don't know who coined this phrase, but I heard it the other day that if I was the devil, I wouldn't attack men, but I'd attack the woman. Right. And we see that in the garden and we see it today. We're like, yeah. wait, what is a woman? Right. What, why is it? Yeah. Why is it trans women that are like everywhere? 
right? You're seeing that yeah. more than you're seeing men trans becoming men, women, right? So going to he, sports oh. stuff, yeah. And he basically yeah. he basically yeah. said that if if the devil attacks a man, right, or manhood, it only affects that one man, right, and maybe his immediate surrounding. But when he attacks a woman. He's affecting an entire generation and a culture. Yeah, the whole society. Right? Because women yeah. have, because women yeah. are key and critical to the development of adolescent, like uh, our our building yeah. block for drawing that line in the sand yeah. and saying, "Choose today who you will serve." Me and my yeah. household will serve the Lord, right? Well, and, so, exactly, and like that's that's part of like, I mean, just just how God built the world is that that women are mothers and they. Um, they uh, they bring life into the world and they they nurture and, and raise children and and you know men and women together the foundation of the household the foundation of entire society and so if you can if you can destroy that in women then you've destroyed everything else and and, and so it's yep. yeah it, it's obvious why why it is that way and and, and so it's like that's that's this big idol that we we dare not ever confront is all all human societies everywhere other than like you know random aboriginal people in like papua new guinea or something you always have these like you know reddit outliers they're like just like oh well there was a matriarchal society somewhere in the bush of africa so that means that that's the natural state of humanity and yes. it's like no no it's not like all human history everywhere you've had households you've had marriage and and i mean and the reason you have marriage um, from just from like a natural law or, or, or whatever perspective is in order for, for men, well, one, it incentivizes men to pair bond with, with, with a woman, uh, so that they know that their progeny is theirs and that all the work that they do for their entire life gets inherited by children that are theirs. Otherwise, if you just have rampant promiscuity and you don't have, you know, you, you don't have a household, then any child could be any man's child and you don't, you don't have uh, cohesion throughout generations. And so it's just this like obvious reason why it exists, but like conservatives even like dare not even go there uh, because then it, then it sounds, you know, misogynistic or something. And, and it's like, no, this is, that's, that's the, how households are, are formed is you need to incentivize men to get married. Uh, that's, that's why and have, and have one woman as their wife. Um, and, and so, you know, otherwise, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't have, I mean, it really like you look at, I mean, other people have, have talked about this stuff. Like Michael Foster does a great job discussing oh, yeah. these things um, that, you know, ultimately what you have when you have this rampant promiscuity and you have um, just, just as like the baseline for, for our society today is a lot of people think like, I'll talk to, you know, like boomer relatives about how, like female promiscuity and, and why it's an issue and they don't realize that it's like, okay, it's like a, a Pareto principle, you know, 80, 20, where it's like uh 20% at most of the guys are getting 80% of the women. And it's not, you know, the fornication that's occurring isn't just like one-to-one, -one. like you don't have an equally promiscuous number of men to women. And it's a lot more women and a very small subset of guys. And, and what that does is you, 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 you have this this massive disorder through society where you have you have women that have, um, you know, many many sexual partners before they ever settle down and get married, and that's not is so deleterious to society. Like I don't even know where to begin with that. Yeah, it's and, very damaging. 
And so then you you have like Matt Chandler say, oh, Jesus wants the rose. So man up and get married to one of these gals. And it's like, what? What? What are you talking about? Like, no, no, there's not. Uh, that That's not how it works. That's not how it should work. That's really bad. And and it's like, OK, yes, um, there are there are gals who uh, come to Christ later in life and are repentant and, and everything else. But that doesn't mm-hmm. it's just like with the trans stuff. It doesn't erase um, the damage that's been done to you over all this time that uh, doesn't, you know, disappear the moment you come to Christ. And, you know, people don't want to hear that. They want to be told that, no, you need to you need to marry the 30 year old single mom. Otherwise, you know, you're not you're not being like Boaz or whatever. Like that's that's <laughs> extremely common. Um, and, and and so anyway, it's like you see this all the time, all over the place. And like, how do you get back to any semblance of normalcy? Um, you, you have to, I mean, one, you have to guard, like you said, like the, the rose when it's, when it's little, when it's just a bud or a seed is you have to guard your daughters and yes. you have to, you have to teach your daughters to, to hate this world um, in this way of life. Like you have to teach them like, like Rod Reader doesn't like me saying this, um, but I don't care. Uh, you have to teach them to hate it. Like the, they're this like sex in the city lifestyle is glamorized and it has been for the last 20 or 30 years. Like, oh, just yeah, be like the TV show Friends, right? Where every one of those girls has a different sexual partner in each episode. And um, it's like, that's the good life. That's what you should strive for. Isn't that great, girls? And you have to teach your daughters that, no, that's death. That's evil. And it's going to destroy you. And, and you have to teach them in such a way that they don't feel FOMO. Right, that they don't feel right. this fear of missing out because I mean that's that's super common in in like the Christian conservative you know homeschool kind of world is they get to eighteen and they've lived this certain way their whole life and now they're free and they can go sow their wild oats and, and be just like the rest of the world like you have to teach them to to right. absolutely abhor all of that their entire life and to know that this is wrong and bad and that the good life is you get married and you have a husband that loves you and cares for you and you, you have children together and you have a household and you raise those children. That's the good life. That's what you should strive for. Not, yeah. not to go have a uh, brunch uh, and, and, Wine uh, o'clock, you know, baby. and, and uh, swipe right or left, you know, like that's right. not, that's not the good life. It's, it's, it's horrible. I feel, it's terrible. I feel like, I feel like my strategy. So I, I'm a dad to two girls, right? A eight week old and a four year old. Um, and I, I feel like all I, my main goal is just to get them to trust in Jesus, yeah. right? Like to get them to yeah. truly believe, um, or I mean, eventually when regeneration and faith occur, like it, but I mean, like to where they can look at the world and then see that all the things that the world offers, all the glamour, all the all the things that make like we read at the beginning, right, that you want to love yeah. the world, making you an enemy of God, that they can lean on Christ and go, you know what, I'm going to trust that what you your statutes are, yeah. you know, but I, yeah. I, that was hard for me as a young man. I had no structure. Right. And I was craving yeah. it. I wish my parents would have taken me to church. I would see other families like take yeah. their kids in. And I was like, I, I wish I was, I wish I wasn't here alone right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, yeah. I also saw the other end of that where those kids were not appreciative that their parents were dragging them to church. Right. Oh, yeah. that they they rebelled against it. So I got to balance that. 
Um, yeah. Like it, I was craving that. I wish my parents would have gone. I wish they would have been there with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to teach them to love the, love the good life and, and hate what is, is wrong and bad and evil and, and, and to see it for what it is, to see that it's, it's so destructive to see. And I mean, it's, and, and in one sense, it's not hard because there are, are so many examples all around us. Like for, for my little girls, I'm able to say, Hey, this, you know, this person that we know, uh, here's the things that have happened in her life. And all of it is because she's gone down this road and that's, that's not what, what we want for you. That's not what God wants for you. You need to, right. you, you need yeah. to avoid that. And, and, and it, I mean, it's going to be harder when they become teenagers because they're, they'll, you know, they'll be pretty and guys will give them attention. And it's very, it's very easy to, to fall into this and the entire world is just pushing you, pushing you, pushing you to do this. And, um, and it's incumbent on, on, on dads, especially to, to, to love them and be there for them and be with them. And, and um, I mean, so much of it is like, you see a lot of it is like so much of the, the feminism, so much of the, the uh, promiscuity and all of that is these girls just like hate their dads, right? They yeah. just have uh, this hatred of their fathers. And, and so if anything, it's like, you need to love them and, 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 I mean, and, and teach them to internalize God's standard, to love God's standard, not just think of it as this like burden that you have to bear everywhere. They don't get to do all the fun things these other people get to do, but that it's, it's this blessing that God has given you that to, to avoid uh, these, these horrors and heartbreak. Um, and, and so, I mean, and, and so much of the book on this topic and, and really many others is it really does start at, at an individual level with like you as an individual man, what things should you be doing to confront the world around you? Even in, in, on this issue and, and on so many others, it's, it, it really does. I mean, it sounds almost cliche or trite, but like it really does start with you and, and your perspective yeah. and how, how you think about things and what you in particular are doing in, in your particular situation. Um, because, no one is, no one else is doing it and we have to. Yeah. I, th- I think you got to, as a father, set an example. And one of those things is like, yeah. not, not playing a neutral role. Like this is it. Yeah. I, I promise oh, yeah. you, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. I, yeah. I can't make you believe that, but I'm going to model it in my life and I'm going to preach oh. it to you every single day. You know, absolutely. And, well, and, show, and, and show I like that you have see. absolute assurance. Yeah. I, well, um, sorry guys, it's kind of hard. I know no, we're no, no. talking all over each other a little bit. Um, I do want to get back to more of the book focus here and I don't know how much time you got yeah. left, Andrew. So I don't want to, we well, probably about another 20 you... minutes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, just a, a, a couple things I want to give people is I, I want people to go buy this book. I, I really think that it, it <laughs> well, a, <thank> <laughs> it's not, it's not a hard read, right? If you're, you don't have to be a scholar, uh, you don't have to be in seminary to read this book. You can be you can be a, a very average Christian and read this uh, and get a lot out of it. And so um, some of the chapters include, I'm just going to kind of read them out for folks listening, uh, disenchantment with the modern world. I think we've kind of covered a lot of that topic mm-hmm. already uh, tonight in conversation is, is just, hey, this world... It, as Andrew likes to call it in the book, trash world. I love the, the, the terminology. Um, I've heard it on, you know, social media is clown world in some places, trash world in the book. Um, economic emasculation is another topic. Um, 
itemized or excuse me, atomized man, biological castration. We talked about Jezebel, which I think is my favorite chapter. Bug men in the cocoon. Let's talk about what is what's the bug man or the, what are bug men, Andrew? Yeah, the bug man. I, I, the bug man is the the modal citizen of trash world. It is he is he's this guy who I mean, you've I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, live in the pod and eat the bugs, eat the bugs. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it is it's the kind of person, you know, we, we knew some people we know some people um that like when the lockdowns happened, right? Um, they were overjoyed. They were so happy to like have all this time off of work and they could just sit in their apartment and binge Netflix all day and have Uber Eats bring them food every day. And they could have they could have lived that way of life until they died. I mean they could they, there, for the next six years. Some of them still years, are. Some of yeah, them are still oh, yeah, they are. that way. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you just you're trapped in this. I mean, you're trapped in this small space and getting food delivered to you. You mm-hmm. never have to leave home. You could watch as much entertainment or play as many video games or whatever you like doing uh, as much as you want in, in this little space. And that is like the high life for them. So it's I mean, it's the, the kind of people who um, they consume like they, they live to consume product. They live to consume entertainment like that. That is their purpose in existence is to they go to work so they can go home and watch TV so they can go home and, and see the most recent Star War. And right. and that's that's what that's that's their only reason for living. They're they're mm. totally nihilistic in the sense like they they have no purpose or identity or, or or reason for existence beyond their own fleeting, you know, microscopic pleasures. And I mean, you see this everywhere. I mean, there's so many people. There's so many people I, I, I knew that I, that I grew up with or I went to college with where like that's that's what their their life is. I mean, you see yeah. the things like they post on social media and that's like all they all they care about is like um, NFL football and um, Funko Pop you know, Star Wars. Yeah, they're Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like stuff like that. And it's like, uh, what? Like you're 35 years old. Why do you care about children's toys so much, you know, or children's video? Like, but it, it, it's it's and you see this with like the millennial generation. This like delayed adolescence where you're you're a 30 year old, 12 year old uh, forever. Yes. And, and it's like, that is something by design. Um, it is, it is not accidental. It is, I mean, that's, that's a huge you know, marketing thing is mm-hmm. like, that's like Disney exists today. I mean, you see this, yeah, I could pick on Disney. Um, like all of the remakes, like the live action remakes of the movies that were, you know, cartoons when we were little kids, like Aladdin mm-hmm. or beauty and the beast, the they make all these live and it's like, their their prime audience for these are 30 year olds right they they they've designed these people to to never have children they'll have a couple fur babies and not have kids but so then they can have a much larger disposable income to spend on all these little trinkets and toys and tv shows and whatever else and so i mean even if you it's so right <laughs> and even if you go like it's it's crazy like my uh my parents spend the winter exactly in florida right. because they're they're retired now and that's what retired people in in minnesota do is they go to florida or arizona yeah. for the winter yeah. and uh Hard for the you know, years ago they got us uh, a pass to disney to disney world in orlando and a couple of years ago you know my wife and i went maybe like two years ago 
and I didn't want, I hate, I hate it there. I mean, I loved it when I was a little kid, but I hate going as an adult. It's, it's awful. And yeah. I'm, I'm walking around and like, it felt like half the people there were childless 30 year olds going on like the rides and, you know, buying all the junk and, and food and, and things like that. And it's like, they're all, and they're wearing their star Wars shirts and stuff. And it's like, Half, there's not even eight kids here. Where are all the kids? Um, yes. I mean, it looked like children of men almost. Like, there were, where are all the little kids? <laughs> Those and, men and need like, to listen to a Paul Washer sermon. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and, and and it's like, it, it just it blew my mind. I'm like, this is, they have designed this world to be this way for these yeah. people to live this way to think. I mean, you see this. There was the video on 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 Twitter on X uh about that that made the rounds i think matt walsh retweeted this gal and and she's talking oh, and you yeah. can hear like, single, the pain in her voice lady. it's yeah. like oh you know i love i love i have all my friends that they on saturday morning they they have to wake up and take care of kids but i could sleep in and i'm a little bit hung over right now and and but like you could like you could hear in the like the back of her voice that she's like despairing Right. Uh, but she's like, oh, my life is so good. And I'm I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, a full season of this show. And then I'm going to rewatch this other show and I'm make shakshuka, you know, this Turkish egg dish that uh, was popular a few years Looks ago. Like Malaysian diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, poverty slop. But anyway, it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> it, it's, she's like, oh, this is just so great. You know, my life is so wonderful. I don't need kids. And uh, like, I, actually, like she's she's begging some man to marry her is what the purpose of the video is. But, uh, but it's like, that's, that is like, that's the thing that's pushed and perpetuated is no, no, this thing, like all of your instincts are saying, you know, the way God built you, all the hormones and everything in your body is saying, I need to get married and have children, right? Women have this biological clock. It's a very real thing that's saying, have kids, have kids, you're getting older, have kids. And they're doing everything they can to just push the beach ball under the pool and just say, no, no, I want mm. to watch mm -hmm. Hulu. And, and it's like, that's that, that can't exist. Like it can't exist forever. I mean, it, it's, it's destroying the entire fabric of civilization yeah. and yeah. It, it's going to blow up one way or the other. And, um, and so I'm, and, and so I read about this stuff and it's like, that's that's the you know that's the world that we live in uh, today is 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 people living this way and it's just this totally hedonistic and it's not I mean hedonistic is probably the wrong word just because like you think of like classical hedonism like a Roman emperor you know having you know having an orgy or something and it's like no I'm gonna turn on Hulu you know that's my yeah. hedonism and sad, it's, it's like sad hedonism it's like if yeah, the hedonists of the Depressing. day would have been like oh no thanks i'm good oh, i don't want that i think i'll yeah. i think i'll be a christian instead uh right. and <laughs> it's like those are my options uh and and it's just it's 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 so it's so sad and depressing uh their their way of life that they've designed for and, and that that's what i say is like people have like manufactured this they've designed this i mean there's so many influences i mean for one you have ginormal corporations that you really want to have consumers like this because they buy your stuff and they have more yes. discretionary income to spend on stuff. If they're not taking care of kids, um, right. you have, if you don't have kids, you can, you know, women can be in the workforce and pr produce more GDP and, and work on more spreadsheets. Um, they're not going to be home with children. And, and so like all of that plays into it. I mean, I remember saying years ago, like if abortion was banned, um, if abortion was banned, you know, tomorrow, 
I mean, not just like the Roe v. Wade being overturned, but like just hundred percent banned across the board in the entire country. Um, there would be an economic Very collapse. Cool. Yeah. There, there would be a huge economic collapse Yeah, because sure. there would be millions and millions of women that would have to drop out of the workforce and yeah. all sorts of jobs would not be done. All sorts of GDP would not be produced. And our, our entire economic system is predicated upon women being in the workforce. Like, so they didn't and they the risk I'm willing to take. Yeah, I mean, I mean me too. Sure. You know, we, it's like, we just let in a well, anyway, we, we just so. let in what a million yeah, exactly. immigrants. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. What, what, and that and that's that's part of the the solution for them too. Is like, oh, if we're not having kids, we'll just import you know millions of people from all over the world to replace the people that are not being made. Well, we, and, well yeah, we actually have to do that. Like as a country, we missed our birth rate. Right, our birth right. rate has dropped too low. Well, we, so we continue to twenty five yeah. years from now, America is going to be in a problem that might cause economic collapse so one of yeah. one of the yeah. terms that you used in the book uh andrew is uh i think it's probably one of the best meta terms because it really it means so much more than i think people realize the globo homo cinematic universe <laughs> it's yes dude that that is that's everything to me man you gotta tell it's, me what does that mean to you because i gotta see i gotta see if that's or if we're on the same page there what is the globo homo cinematic universe yeah I, I mean i think it's just their um you know i think it's just their 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 entire perspective on life their entire way of thinking about uh, about the world i mean i mean so much of it too is like you look at entertainment and so whether it's every form of popular entertainment it is all it has all the same ideological principles so i mean i saw someone you know commenting today about how like you know you would you would like watch star Wars um, as a kid or whatever, or even like the prequels and you go to whatever planet, like you go to planet X and all the aliens look the same. They're all the same species or whatever. And then you go to this other planet, they're all the same species here. And, but now like you turn on the new, you know, modern star Wars, you go to a planet and it all, it's all just random. It's all multicultural. It's like alien, alien yeah. one, alien two. They're all different spe species. They're all, They're all living together. And, and Hispanic aliens. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and it's like, and it's so like multiculturalism is this enforced thing everywhere, even in like science yeah. fiction. Um, and um, it is, I mean, it's everything. There's the uh, feminism is rife throughout the, all of it. It is, um, and not just feminism. They're, they're, they always insert gay stuff and it's, it's, yeah it's this entire um, vision of the world that's enforced on everyone throughout the, throughout everything yeah. where it's it, the, the intent is to make it unthinkable for human beings to live in the way that all human beings everywhere lived until a hundred years ago. And so it's this, it's entire worldview that's enforced, you know, through entertainment and through uh, the way our way of life, the, the way we talk about things where we talk about politics and culture and everything else. Yeah. Where it's just simply unthinkable to have a household to to have men and women that that live differently and have have uh yeah have yeah, that that have uh completely different that, that, like yeah like or even or even like i mean I, I talk about it in the book that i mean like you just see like this week they're in ukraine they're starting to draft women and it's like you know if you went back a hundred years and said hey you know that um in the future They'll be like, oh, I bet the future's crazy. I bet it's really awesome. Uh, all the inventions <laughs> and everything. It's like, yeah, in the future, they can script women for war and just send them off to be killed. And they would think like, what happened 
in the future. We need to stop this. We need to we, what yeah. what caused this to happen? Like they would, it would be a back, Marty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, we gotta go go. that's the man's job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you? Are there no men in the future? Yeah, are all the men? Oh, no, there's not. Like, they're all Ukraine actually feminine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, and they've killed all of us here anyway. You know, by demoralizing us and feeding us porn and corn syrup and everything else. They've they've killed all the men anyway. I'm I'm curious what your your take on the the global homo cinematic universe was. If I if I yeah. hit all the main points uh, for you I, there, I feel yeah. like yeah, I think I think you did. I, I mean, obviously, there's the this 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 tie-in idea with within the Marvel cinematic universe. That's kind of where, you yeah. know, that, 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 that term was coined through, uh, you know, the bringing in of if something happens in Spider-Man, it's going to be tied <laughs> to Captain America and it's yeah, going to be yeah. tied to Iron Man. And then like the new Sony movie is going to have like a tie in. Uh, and so um, yeah. it, it was just such a meta because you do reference, you know, kind of the idea that, these movies even that come out, it's all regurgitated nonsense. It's all the same thing yeah. um, repackaged with the different superhero name. And then it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. then they, then there's a, a new cultural reference in the movie, but it's all interrelated. And I think you really do hit the nail on the head with what you just explained is like the feminism does bleed over into the abortion. It does bleed over into the transgenderism. It does yeah. bleed over into the emasculation and it bleeds over into the economy. So all of this cinematic universe experience that we are going through <laughs> in trash world is, it is all fake and gay. And that's, yeah. there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's the best yeah. term that you can use. It's all fake and gay. You like your first chapter yeah lays that out that's your argument everything yeah. is fake and gay and it i yeah. actually just turned to it it's, the gayness of fake and gay is not merely some schoolyard slur there's a deep meaning to this too the homosexual is not just a sexual deviant his very nature and the very nature of his identity is a man whose urges take precedence over all else i mean that's that's it that's wow. true yeah i mean it's it's yeah and they they the want everyone head, to be man. that way yeah they yes, want everyone they want to be everyone that way. to what? be that way they want they want gays of all sexualities. That's what they want. Uh, and yes. he plagiarized that from Romans one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. That's from yeah. Rod Roger, Roger Reer is like you know uh, accusing in his review. He's like, well, he did. I'm not saying he plagiarized my book, but uh, and it's like, well, hey man, like you. <laughs> I haven't even read your book. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. I didn't plagiarize anything. I'm, I did. This is, this is all original. You know, if I plagiarized anything, it was is from the timeline on Twitter of friends of mine saying, uh, having ideas. And I can't remember who said what, so I can't give them credit. <laughs> no. And, and you, you know, know what? And Twitter really is kind of the, the, the now, you know, social marketplace of ideas. I think it has really yeah. been uh, a great place for people to share, um, yeah. you know, thoughts and, and, uh, things that are you, you can kind of gauge the culture a little bit by seeing what people are talking yeah. about on Twitter, uh, whether Absolutely. it's politics or, you know, the Christian culture. And and I do love the fact that that we as a Christian culture are talking about Christian nationalism. We're talking about chopping down these idols like St. Boniface. I mean, the, these are all real, tangible things in today's culture that we need to talk about in society. And so again, I'm going to plug your book for you, man, but I'm going to give you, Thank you. the last four to five minutes here. If you want to 
just tell us where we can find you on on social media. Tell us about your website. Uh, I do want to know: yeah. Have book sales been going well? Have you been selling a decent yes. amount? Yeah, Good. they've been going really well. I mean, we we you know um, we, we published through Gab, and so there was a lot of advertising initially on, on Gab, and that that's been great uh, to to get a lot of sales uh, that way. And you know, since then, you know, it's been pretty steady, and I, I think that you know, is even more encouraging, even though we had initial great sales, we made it to, I think number 30 on new releases on Amazon. Awesome. It, it climbed right. up to, to that high, which, I mean, there are thousands of books released every week, you know, tens of thousands even. And so to be, to be, to make top the top 30. 100 is a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, so a, a good deal of initial success, but then it's still, it still keeps selling uh, pretty well. Like, you know, uh, Torba keeps track of, you know, he's, he's running the, the publishing thing and he's keeping track of it and everything. And, and he's like, it's still going. And I, I think so now after it's been out for a few weeks, a number of people have read it and a lot of it is now, you know, as organic as it gets where it's now, if it has sustained success, it's because people are reading it and they're saying, Hey, you need to read this too. This is really good. And, um, and so that like, that's kind of the most encouraging thing. Cause it's one thing if like I write a book and we market it really well and a bunch of people buy it, but they're like, nah, whatever, you know, it's okay. Right. Uh, but if like they read it and they're like, dude, you got to read this. This is amazing. Uh, yes. I, I'd much rather have that, you know, I'd much rather have, um, you know, limited early success, but then it, it picks up steam and tons of people read it because they, they think it's good. Um, yeah. then the other way around. And, and so it's, it thankfully it's been both. You know, it's been we we've we had a big initial surge in the beginning. Uh, people kind of just by reputation that have, that have followed me on social media and things like that are now, you know, want, we're waiting for it and wanted the book to come out. And then they read it. And they're like, wow, this is good. I'm telling everybody to buy it. They need to read this. Um, so, yeah, it's gone. It's gone great. Um, and so I'm super encouraged. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that, yeah, that, that you guys liked it. Uh, and uh, and it is. Um, yeah, my, my main goal, you know, in writing it is, you know, to have conversations just like this one. Um, and, and not just, you know, me having them with, with, with people, but, but other people having them with, with their friends and with their, with friends at church, with their pastor. Um, I've, I've, I know a number of people that are like, I bought this for my pastor and I wanted to read it. And I'm like, great, good. I hope he, I hope he does. And I hope it encourages him to be bold because especially, I feel like, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of pastors who are, you know, older kind of in the boomer generation who yeah. like, yeah. I, I mean, I've been, I was, I've been in like Bible studies with, with, you know, with older pastors that are like seeing this stuff going, I was like, yeah, I saw, you know, 60 minutes last night and they had this thing on transgenderism and, and it was wild. I can't believe this going on. Like what's going on here? This is <laughs> where you been? <laughs> it's like, where did this, where did this come from? And I'm like, how do you, how do you not like, and like they don't like, they're totally oblivious. They think that they're living in like 1990 yeah. and they have no idea what's going on. And so I'm like, no, you need to see this to like get up to speed that things are bad and way worse than you think they are. And yeah. it's because we have not been preaching boldly from the word of God. We haven't That's been right. confronting the things that are right in front of us. And That's it's right. time that we change that. Amen. Amen. All right. So where can we find you then on uh, you're on Gab, you're on X, or are you on Facebook at all? 
I, I am, but it's kind of just like a personal guy. Like people will follow me and things like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's that's nice. Or like try to do you know friend requests and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I don't really do the the Facebook. Plus, I hate I hate Facebook so much. I Instagram. Hate Facebook it's too. so I horrible. I hate I maybe yeah. log in once a day. It's so and it used to be it used to be great. It was a lot of fun back in the day. Now it's you guys sound so old right now. I know. We're, we're back when I was a kid. Man, are you, Andrew? Man, my I'm MySpace pretty... still isn't working right. <laughs> no, that's right. I can't get the song to play. Uh, no, I'm 37. 37. I'm 43. So Logan's the at the yeah. lower end. He's he's 33. Yeah. 32. Oh yeah, just a kid. 30. Just a kid. He's a little, little babe. Oh, he's he's a handsome <laughs> young man though. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I uh I'm on yeah on on Twitter on on uh Gab. And, uh, you know, I do a, a podcast with my friend, uh, CJ angle on, on YouTube called, uh, Contra Mundum where that's, yeah, I figured, man, you well. got a pretty nice setup yeah. going on there. Yeah. We've, uh, yeah, we've, we've been doing that. I think we're on episode 30 tomorrow. Uh, so nice. we've been doing it for a while and you know, we just right behind uh, us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun, you know, talking about things with, with him and, uh, and, and I write for Gab News, you know, news.gab.com. So I've, I've, since the book came out, I haven't written anything recently. I'm hoping to get something out this weekend. Um, nice. So I, I, I've been writing there uh, pretty, pretty much every week, you know, articles a week. And uh, yeah, it is, um, it is, it has been a blast uh, to, to do this, to be able to, to write the book and see the reaction to it. I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. Not it, beyond just Roger or uh, freaking out about it. It's been, uh, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Ooh, sorry for the dog. A puppy. That's, uh, a puppy. Yeah. She's, I don't know what she's barking at. She's been quiet this whole time. Well, anyway, listen, man. <laughs> hey, shut up dog. I told you we're super professional here. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're going to quiet down. <laughs> That's it. Well, that, that's the podcast. Thanks, guys, for coming. Well, anyway, uh, we appreciate having you on here, Andrew. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again uh, to talk more. Absolutely. Um, there's there's just so much to cover in this, and I, you know, this is I'm going to be giving yeah. this to my pastor as well. Uh, to now that I'm done with it, and uh, I mean, just the just the artwork, dude. Like this <laughs> shirt says, "Lonely fans" on it, dude. It's so good. Like it's it's. I mean, there's a lot. This is this is like a Where's Waldo for wokeism right here on the cover of the book, dude. Which one am I? Which one am I? Like, here I am. Yeah, look at this guy who just loves Dr. Fauci. You know, we've, we've got Slava Ukraine here with a mask on. I mean, it's just it's perfect. So, um, yeah, man, we appreciate you. Uh, stick around uh, until your episode, until your thing is done uploading. But uh, we'll we'll go ahead and close out the show, brother. We th- we awesome. really do appreciate it. Go buy the book, guys. The link will be in the uh, YouTube channel uh, description, and and you can find it on Amazon and lots of other places too. It's called the Boniface Option, and our guest has been pastor and author Andrew Isker, and we are almost out. <laughs>